0: Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film fans just like you. With me, as always, is my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. Hello. And our close friend and spiritual advisor, Pertalexis. Alien intelligence? (laughs) Every episode is connected to a theme for that month, and this time... It's torment scary movies only. This is the last one for the month. And our patrons voted, and their pick is The Exorcist from 1973. And you can use the chapters in your podcast app to skip right to that discussion. I'll spotlight a quickie review before we get into the show, the big show. Alex left a review. A quote, this is about Regan. Love that she shit-talks like a 14-year-old on Xbox Live. <laughs> Is that where it all started? All right, enough enough BS. Everyone knows what we got to get into at the top of the show. This this Discord week was heated. Um, hmm. There was a mutiny in, in the chat. You know, our patrons can hang out in Discord, make some new movie-loving friends. Uh, there was a review that dropped this week what that knocked people on their A's. And I'm going to quote it. It's a review for Killers of the Flower Men. Doctors prescribe eight hours of sleep for good health, or one killers of the flower moon, <laughs> two and a half stars from our dear friend Danny. <clears throat>
1: um, yeah, there's a couple reasons. Mm. Uh, one is I don't know if my theater sucked. Because I could barely hear the conversations
0: happening. Oh
1: my Ooh. God! Um, and so I feel like I missed so much of the movie.
0: Could you hear um, the Swifties next door where there's Swifties happening?
1: No that that's actually not a thing. People just hate on Taylor Swift, so oh. no one's hearing the Swifties.
0: Those are those are those are made up stories. People it's all saying. fake. I know it. Literally all fake.
1: Um. <laughs> so. I had a problem following the story because I couldn't hear the conversations happening. And there's so much whispering in this film. Um, And so I was going to just be like, yeah, I saw it and not Mm -hmm. do anything. But then I saw a review from Ella Kemp and she said, make it 10 times louder. Uh, So I'm like, oh, maybe this was, maybe this is actually bad mixing Someone effed up this movie and you oh, can't spiders. really hear it.
0: Marty, right. like a Spider Verse um, syndrome. So then or I was really just they... mad.
1: Yeah, Spider Verse syndrome. So then I was just like mad that I sat through three and a half hours of this movie that I could barely hear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So then I just took it out on letterboxed. I my
0: mean, frustrated. the comments were fair. The comments, 14 comments on this review. I've
1: never received 14 comments on anything in my life. <laughs>
0: Right. left a review. I'm glad you're honest and don't simp to the reviews. Yeah. I've never seen Danny simp in his entire life. <laughs> no non-simper. I would never. I would never <laughs> the simp. The opposite of uh, a simp. Wait, so, b- b- before we even get, I don't want to hear any more about Danny's experience, right. or unless you want to say something else. I don't think you do. I would like for you to continue with your thought. We're not going to hear any more about Danny's thoughts in this movie. As of this moment, because next week we will be covering Killers of the Flower. (laughs) On this podcast, we have to settle the score. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it. I haven't even bought tickets yet. Proto, you, you have to get tickets. You got to go see it, right? Are they showing this movie in New Jersey? Have they confirmed that? mm. I, I was able to confirm that tonight,
2: actually, that it will be playing in New Jersey. I will be able to see it. I will have to escape my home.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm for a uh, long time without any children for it's three a four-hour hour hour. movie yeah yeah
1: you add in trailers
2: yeah i skip trail i'm gonna try to skip the trailers as much as i can so you know? just
1: just to be clear people think this is a bit we're we're covering killers next week and we've had yeah. this planned for months
0: we have had a plan for months Danny. whether or
1: not i gave it two and a half stars last week or not
0: we had the classic conversation should i rate this movie this is before mm-hmm. you saw it you know yeah. should i rate it we already know we're doing it. So next month, this is kicking off the whole month. Yeah, let's talk about November. Month. We're going to be doing November. November. We're only going to be doing new movies slash new movies to us, and we're about to announce the whole friggin' month Dude. right now. So we're not just doing you know shock picks at the end of those episodes. Let them know. Uh, November, Killers of the Flower Moon, kicking off the month. Coppola, she's next. Ever heard of her? The Queen. We'll mm-hmm. be doing Priscilla as the second episode for that month.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Danny said know. he would never talk about Elvis ever again. Well, <laughs> let's be clear. <laughs> this Baz Lerman nonsense. <laughs> Sophia Coppola. I don't. We've never covered any of her films. I know. Right? This, this is the first? This is our first. So that is going to be... I have these episodes numbered. What is that episode number? Uh, Two. 196. Priscilla will be 196. Uh, the week after that, Fincher, oh, we'll be covering the killer. My God, on the on this very podcast, yes. Um, and then there was a discussion in the Discord about. Actually, I, I think also privately we talked about it. How I don't even know if I've seen it, but there's a 4K release. Mm-hmm. Part of you posted a photo of you holding a 4K in a Discord. What movie will we also be covering that month in November?
2: We will be covering. Not only a new movie for us, but uh, the the end of my AFI journey. If I can watch the other two movies beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, Raging Bull. My gosh! <laughs> can, you, can
1: you believe this? Is this
0: real? Uh, and then to close out the month, Walking um, Phoenix.
1: We're doing it. Uh huh.
0: Napoleon. <laughs> to close out November.
1: November is huge.
0: It's yeah. the big month. It's a big month. We're excited. We've been talking privately about how like Exorcist is kind of kicking off uh, quite a run for us personally. Mm. The fall of 70mm, they've said. Yep.
1: <laughs> Starting with two and a half stars, killers <laughs> of the flower moon. Uh,
0: so that's that's our tentative plan for November. We And then at, at Napoleon is going to be episode
1: 199.
0: Oh my gosh. Um so people are probably wondering what we're, what our plans are for December. We'll be announcing our December plans probably in the middle of November. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's something we've never done before. Right. <laughs> that's all like that's all I can say right now. Um Pearl, yeah. out of those out of those movies, what what jumps to the top of your list in terms of excitement levels? Excitement levels
2: uh well I'm definitely excited for Raging Bull even though that's not the new movie coming out this month. I am very excited to watch that. Of the, I think, of the other ones, I'm a a sucker for Ridley Scott, Mm -hmm. you know? I'm really curious. I I did not love the trailer, the first trailer that came out. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Um, But, I mean, Ridley Scott, Joaquin Phoenix, reuniting for the first time since The Gladiator. And we all remember what that did. (laughs) To everybody us as young men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm honestly, I'm excited for all these movies. We don't usually, I mean, there was like a period of time where we cover some some new ones mm-hmm. and we've been covering some like obscure, you know, mm-hmm. some, not like obscure, like it was not obscure, I guess, but you need to change it up. Change it up. You know, refill our. I don't know what I was about to say there. Refill what like. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. You got (laughs) it. Finish your sentence. (laughs) Refill it. Listen, I'm not a writer, okay? I'm not a writer. (laughs) Uh, So I'm excited for Killers of the Flower Moon. I've just been, you know, letting all these reviews come in. I haven't even made any, you know, refill the tank. Thank you, Mr. Mephistopheles. So I'm excited to make some time this weekend. Probably an early viewing, maybe. Mm. You know, sit down that theater, see what's available. I mean, speaking of theaters, I saw... I, I used AMC Stubs Plus for I the guess. first time the other night to get popcorn and snacks. I was out with James, and I skipped ahead of 25 people that were Mine, waiting yeah. in line
1: You just flashed your Slim card?
0: They had two different, like, you know, um, what do you call those? Dividers, like the the the, soft Files. the
1: they're soft. called dividers.
0: <laughs> I should have had my thesaurus open What tonight. is happening tonight, Slub? Um... What are the those things? Velvet, the velvet ropes. I had to figure it out myself. They had velvet ropes. You oh, know, for they, the A-listers. Yeah, they're like A-listers get in line over right, here. Right, right. You know, and my nose was up as I'm walking over there. It felt amazing to not have to wait in line. Yeah, you get a free upgrade to large soft drinks and popcorn as an A-list member.
1: Did yeah. you know this? It's huge.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the thing that's tricky about that, I've noticed that it, they only enforce that. Like at prime time. Like if you're going at night, if you go during the day or whatever, it's a free for all. Like everyone is just in one line. It's madness. Really? Yeah. This, a, this could be a Jersey thing, though. Yeah, it could be a Jersey thing. Let's, I mean, my you know, my AMC's walls. have
0: closed at this point, so. <laughs> 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 okay, so that is our November plans. Much Excite, Killers of Flower Moon next. Um, James joined our Patreon this week. Got access to the Discord that we have. We have, um, and I also we just posted a Cold War episode. Oh my god! Twenty eighteen, just for supporters. Great conversation we had. Great piece of art, Proto on the cover. That episode yeah. art. My, you should frame that up in the house. I think <laughs> Jenna White might that might want that framed.
1: Proto's my my Leo DiCaprio. I'm his Scorsese.
0: <laughs> That's true. Proto did you watch anything this week that you want to discuss
2: yeah I was able to watch a horror movie oh gosh. I had the blu-ray for the movie Christine oh this had been sitting in my house for over a year I think oh I got gosh. it at our meetup uh, oh was that last year was that 2020 it was a long time ago nobody knows who knows but I think I got that from Mosh he had a pile of you know, discs he brought to hand out people could take. So I grabbed that and I was able to finally sit down and watch it. Uh, and I had watched, I don't know why. I think I, I think I came across the trailer on Twitter um, or X uh, <laughs> a couple days ago or <laughs> like last week. And I was like blown away by the trailer. I was like, man, I really got to make time for this. It looks, looks wild. And it's, um, I had a great time watching this movie for those that don't know, uh, it's based on a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. Christine is a car. It's ba- it's set in I think it's set in the seventies, um, and it's a car from the fifties. And this high school student, he sees it. It's all beat up and broken. Um, but he buys it, and then he wants to fix it up in this garage. And then it you find out that this car there's much more to it, uh, and the high school student starts to change and, and and become kind of different. It's it's a, oh and it's a John Carpenter movie of course. Um, so it looks great. It's gorgeous. And um the the car, the stuff with the car in this movie is amazing. Um, mm. they do there's all kinds of like crashes and uh, things involving fire and just car the the car appearing to be destroyed um, and people were telling me like i've heard different numbers there was 12 different cars used in it 16 different cars dale our producer he said 16 that's the number that he heard um but it's a cool story i really enjoyed it except Mm. for the part i i'm I'm noticing a a thread with stephen king stories is that there's always a deranged psychopathic teenage person who is set out to destroy to to kill the protagonist like this person there's one in this movie a complete psychopath in this this uh machine shop class who pulls out a knife wants to like kill like this kid needs to be committed like mm. i need to i need Stephen King i i need Save. his brain to be scanned or some, or <laughs> his past to be revealed it's probably on the plot of one of his books you you're probably right it just it, it was nuts um, but a good movie. I gave it three stars. Oh. Carpenter. Okay. Who did the I music? Think, I think that. I've seen that. Carpenter did the music?
1: Oh, I said who. That? Oh. I was asking if it was Carpenter.
2: I'm going to say Carpenter did the
0: music. Danny Elfman. Yeah, he did. Christine. Letterboxd. I think I've seen this. What did I think of this? Three stars. Uh, Christine was sexy as hell. That's my main thought. Yeah, it's true. You need a, You need a sexy car. When are they going to remake Christine, you know, in this day and age? Or is that Tatan? I
2: I think I heard that uh, after Exorcist, David Gordon Green.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't even spit it out. God. The master himself, David Gordon Green, DGG. This is friends call him? We're friends. I did watch that. Did watch it. Everyone's probably, you know, if they haven't seen my Letterbox review, they're thinking... You know, Slim's gonna be a real clown and say he liked it. Or what'd you watch? Egg. You watch Exorcist? The Exorcist Believer. Oh no! The new one, the one that was just in theaters and it's hit the show three weeks later. It's bad. It's it's not good. Like, like how so? It just is. There's Story. no style. The writing oh, is not style. good. The writing is is terrible. And I'm thinking to myself, like, was is that was Halloween actually bad? It, like maybe retroactively rethink my uh, thoughts on the Halloween oh, trilogy. Interesting. It it's two girls this time that get somewhat possessed, but even like the the exorcism stuff wasn't very cool. Ellen's in it too, right? Ellen is in it. And she just like mm. I want to talk about it, but it's like some spoiler stuff. Like I'll in the it. It, it's it's a sequel to the first movie. In theory. So like Ellen has aged and has written books. She's like an exorcist expert. She's written the book on exorcisms.
1: And there's just like,
0: she's very, she's like my mom's age at this point, like very old. And it's, she's walking into this bedroom of this possessed girl. Like she's going to do anything. You're Ellen Bernstein, you're 90. And you're not a, you're not a priest. You're not in any religion Wait, so she's a grifter because what does she know about exorcisms? I have no yeah. idea. She's like she said she studied them. They they were showing like old interviews from the 80s about her doing like oh, I've studied exorcisms from across the world. What the um it and the, but the main thing is they get other religions like exorcists together, like Gemma posted a review like exorcists assemble. And it was like oh. she, she almost said a thousand likes in that review, by the way. But essentially it's the same thing. There's like other religions that get together to help exercise these two girls. And Different it's just, it's religions. Corny.
1: It's corny. It's There's just a Catholic religion.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is a Catholic priest in it, but there's other ones in the crew that try to exercise these girls. When the and rabbi like came through the, the portal, the southern, like,
1: <laughs> the southern Baptist walks through. On your left.
0: Uh, <laughs> But, like, it's not done very well. And there's also, like, these corny speeches about how, like, all religions are the same. You know, everyone is just oh looking for the same God, thing. Oh, David. Just like, eh, why? Eh, eh, eh. Um, and, like, if I was, like, Blumhouse and I was looking at an early cut of this, I'd be thinking, we're, we're effed. Like, this is terrible. <laughs> and we, gotta, we paid how much money for the rights to this? That was the other thing. I was like, I don't know why they even bothered paying for the rights to it if it was so expensive. Just do your own exorcism movie. Make yeah. it like an homage or something. I mean, it made a profit if you ignore the $400 million that they paid for the rights to The Exorcist. What? 400 mil. For the um, rights to The Exorcist? Yes. I think it made like 80 or 100 million dollars. It only cost $30 million to make. It looked like a pretty cheap movie. Um, and I, I was trying to read, like, initially, I th- when we did the Halloween episodes, we were all saying it was a terrible idea. That, like, that
1: he even would though do, we like the Halloween
0: movies, <laughs> <laughs> that he that. would be responsible for an exorcism, exorcism reboot trilogy. Like, who was clamoring for that? And I know they've walked back the, the idea that he would direct the next two, obviously. But I think even at the time, they had said that they were in negotiations for the, se- the, the second and third movie to be Peacock exclusives. So me. if they do make two or three, I don't think it's like a failure that they're going to. Peacock right away. It sounds like that wasn't the initial plan to begin with. Remember, Halloween was a same day digital. Was it the first or the second one? (laughs) I think the last two. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That was fun to
2: be able to like sit down and watch it right in your, you know, in your the comfort of your own home. Oh Uh, God,
0: can't beat it. Can't beat it with a stick. Uh, Every week we give out a free year of Letterboxed Patron. Get a backdrop on your profile page. Set your favorite streaming services to see, you know, what movies are around and available on your streaming services. Like Peacock. Um, This week's winner. You know, to enter, you you tag your review 70mmpod if you want to be entered. Uh, And this week's winner is Logan. Left a review for The Exorcist. Four stars. I've avoided this movie for a long time, but thanks to the VHS Village poll, I took the plunge. I love the part where the detective invites the priest to the movies just so they can talk about it afterwards. Life <laughs> truly imitates art. Congratulations, Logan. Actually, remember a couple weeks ago when I said that the Letterboxd show was doing Catholic horror? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we, we've ha- we've since pivoted. Why? We're gonna do an extra Why would system. you
1: ever do that?
0: It, like some of the picks <laughs> that we all came up with were like really obscure and not streaming anywhere, so we just kind of had to like rethink. Like, do, is this a good? format for these types types of movies or should we just really stick to our original idea of like talking about the exorcist together as the as a letterbox crew so that's what's so essentially we're recording that friday so we're gonna have a 70 millimeter exorcist episode out and a oh letterbox show from you totally different totally different I got angles the <laughs> oh just a reminder oh Sam and Colby on YouTube. Oh, you the Conjuring House. Not yet. We'll see, maybe we'll save that for the uncut. I don't think anyone wants to hear about that in the main oh, show. That's true. Um, Let's uncut it. The Conjuring. There's like this young teens that do ghost hunting. They put out this like first part episode. They were they're spending seven days in the Conjuring House. So if anyone that like likes horror, the Conjuring movies, and you can stomach teenage ghost hunters, <laughs> then watch that on YouTube, and we'll talk about it because something interesting happened in the first episode that we want to talk about episode 194 70 millimeter we're so close to 200 this was the patron winner of the vote rock the vote campaign they're always very successful <laughs> but what's this movie about
2: Chris McNeil is a film star making her latest movie in Washington DC she is staying in a rental with her daughter Regan who begins having psychological episodes that begins with sleepwalking but quickly becomes much worse until doctors are beginning to suspect alien technology. Meanwhile, Damien Karras is a Catholic priest who loses his mother after having her place in a nursing home. His faith is wavering when Chris reaches out to him seeking an exorcism to be performed on her daughter, as all other efforts by modern medicine have failed. Karis receives help from Father Marin, and together they enter the bedroom to perform the ritual and face the entity within Regan, the Exorcist.
0: I was about to just hum the Halloween music by accident. <laughs> the, yeah, the it's keys, pretty close. He's yeah. wrong in my head. <laughs> Max von Sydow. Do you know he was forty-three? in this movie.
1: No, he wasn't.
0: Heard He's our guy. age. Yeah. Two years older than me. That's like us make putting old man makeup on, being an old priest. A lot of talcum powder on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like coming off his face in some of those scenes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> old Max. Remember Max in Minari Report?
1: No. Oh, yes. Have you not seen Minari Report? I think I've seen it once. Oh, wow. yeah. Just the one time. Is it time?
0: Wow. <laughs> uh, Alright, so this, you know, infamously we've talked about this movie in the past. Proto has already had a review out there. Um, You know, maybe not in love with The Exorcist the, the last time you had watched that. Proto, is that safe to say from a previous viewing?
2: Yeah, my previous viewing, I watched it... Uh, let me look at my review here. Uh, October. October 10th, 2020. Pandemic. So, early pandemic. Yeah, this was our first year. So, this was the first October where I was really trying to watch some horror movies, you know, for real. And I had never seen this, of course, so this was my first viewing. I gave it 3 stars and um you know, yeah, I was reading back over my review. Not much of this was ringing a bell, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, to continue to be honest, um, I didn't really remember much of this, even though I watched it a few years ago. Um, Is this a laundry folding viewing? It, who knows? It could have been. <laughs> but I, I don't keep those kind of notes on Letterbox. Maybe I should. Yes. Um, so it, in some ways, it didn't. It felt like, I mean, honestly, I thought maybe I was seeing some scenes for the first
0: time.
1: Mm, oh um, God. God,
0: but uh, do we yeah, know that's if, do we know if the version on Max is the director's cut or the theatrical? Do you know that proto by chance? I don't know. Okay. And Danny, uh, you know, speaking of infamously, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't grow up a horror movie nope. fan. Only in the last few years have you got the gumption, yeah, to start you, to watch scary movies. Me.
1: You inspired me
0: to so watch horror.
1: Uh, I think 2019 was my first viewing of this. Uh, and I think then I had said this will be also my last viewing of that when I watched it in 2019. Retired. Um, And it's just one of those horror movies, even, even like on the level, I think we talked about on the pre-show, like Hereditary. Like I just don't really find myself wanting to watch it again, whether I liked it or not. It's just one of those horror movies that just kind of, you know, Deserves its, like, one viewing. I feel like that was, like, exorcist for me, too. And, like, mm-hmm. I've, I saw it. It's the classic. Everyone loves it. I was three and a half stars on it. It is what it is. Um, so my choice of viewing for this episode was the 4K director's cut. That's what I
0: watch for okay. uh, for the show. And there's not, for folks that are confused, there isn't a ton difference. There's a few scenes here and there and in the, in the final scene of the movie is is different than what is in the theatrical. It's slightly different which we can get into. So Danny, why don't we start with you? What's uh, yeah. the you know? We write down some notes on these viewings, we'll go round table, uh, and then eventually give our letterboxed rating. So what's at the top of your notes?
1: I think for both of my viewings, first and this one, I am I th- also, I'm famously kind of in love with uh, when there's a good kid actor. And I think Linda Blair is pretty awesome in this. I think she um, plays the kid that the young preteen or teen. I don't know how old she is in this really well enough to where her transition into being possessed is quite noticeable. I think she plays the possessed role really well as well. So many of the scenes, like before, like it gets bad where she's um, just in the chair and uh, they're just having the conversation to bring out. Uh, whatever's inside of her before it starts like giving her the cuts and the vomiting and etc. I think she just does the role really well and I'm, I, I was impressed with her then but watching it again this time, I remembered how much I liked her so I kind of just kind of focused in on her performance this time around and I think she's great. I think she's like killer in this film mm-hmm. it's especially for someone who's, like it's not just like a kid in a horror movie doing a good job. Like it's not like the kids in It doing a good job. Like she's, like she's possessed with the devil or uh pazuzu or whatever you want to call it and she has to like perform that as a kid and she does an incredible job even like so much of like the vulgarity that she has to say which is a is, is super off-putting but to know that like she's doing it and uh, the the vomit and the the performing with the bed, like convulsing and shaking and all the stuff she had to do. It's just, it just really is impressive to me. I think, I think that's like the, that'd be like the reason I would tell someone to watch this movie because I think she's incredible.
0: Yeah. She's really good at the movie. And I was thinking, of like, what's her, what was her trajectory after this? I'm looking at like the most popular movies she's in on letterbox and scream is number one.
1: Did I
0: forget that she's in scream? She have a cameo Mm -hmm. in scream. Um, but it's not like other movies that jump to mind. Like in my head, she's so good in this movie that like, oh, obviously she's got some other bangers, but it's like Exorcist 2, Hell Night, Savage Streets, and movie I just added to my watch list because I feel like I've seen this, but it's a Leslie Nielsen parody of these movies called Repossessed. Oh no. <laughs> she's in <laughs> He's that? He's riding a cross on the poster, <laughs> like the Naked Gun poster. <laughs> So, I need to add that to my list. but, yeah, I agree. she's she's great in this movie, yeah,
2: i I like her as well. Uh, yeah, especially at the beginning, I think where you think it's just like psychological stuff. um this the the scene with the Ouija board, I think is really good of like Mr. Howdy. um <sighs> and she just sake. she comes across as like I, I'm just like an innocent kid. You mm-hmm. know she reminds me of my daughter, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's scary in, in that way to see Keeping what, how it transforms. Um, I did, I watched the cursed films documentary yeah, so. on this today about the exorcist. Get into it. Um, so it has a lot to say about her and like that time when this movie came out, I think the most fascinating thing is how like people thought Linda Blair, like the actress was evil. Yeah. Like they I I don't know if she got like threats or anything, but the way they made it sound in the documentary is that there were people who really thought like she was possessed and that there's something wrong with her. Um, And it kind of like, it it seemed like it changed the trajectory of her life in a lot of ways. Like you're saying she's in other movies. I would, after watching this, I would have
0: thought that her career was over
1: Mm -hmm. with movies after this. I mean, I guess
0: in some ways you could say that, you know, she didn't jump to like superstardom in a way you would think it would be assumed. Like she made movies, but maybe not at the trajectory. It could have been. Yeah. One
1: of the things I found interesting in that conversation, Proto, when she was talking about how people thought she was possessed and they brought up the fact that there was like a a story or a conversation about her needing bodyguards. And she literally told them, I don't want to talk about that. Like she, she like shut down that conversation quick about needing bodyguards Mm -hmm. for even walking around, I thought that was wild.
0: Sheesh. The, um, the new one, DGG, David mm-hmm. Gore Green, tried you know, to get her into a, a large role in the new movie, and she said no, but he did have her on set as an advisor to the young actors. And also to kind of like, at least what was said was to be a pseudo mentor to them. Oh, interesting. For having to go through something like this on screen. Um, which I thought was, was pretty
1: cool so Ellen is in it do they not bring up Regan in the new movie they
0: they do there's um there's also am I saying Regan or Reagan I think there's both pronunciations okay. are okay um, when you see Ellen she's kind of like living alone on the beach you know wearing beach clothes Excuse like me. wavy white you know oh. clothing <laughs> beach <laughs> clothes <laughs> you know what I mean like rich white people we, oh beach clothes um <laughs> But she has lost contact with Regan. Oh, okay. And it's kind now. of like eating her up. That, Repossessed. Oh. Because she, she, you know, <laughs> Regan, at the end of this movie, has no memory of this stuff. However, Chris McNeil puts a book out years later about oh, exorcisms okay. Okay. and about Regan. So that causes a break between the two.
1: How
2: my daughter killed two grown men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my daughter, the murderer. <laughs> Um, my first point, um, I still like every time I watch this, it feels like this movie should be like x-rated when it came out. Like I mm-hmm. would love to sit in a theater and see people react to it. I still can't even really believe that it's only like R, you know, in like today's day and age because there's some stuff in this movie that is effed up. yeah, you know, like anything with Regan in the bed, like mm-hmm. cursing, using the cross and grabbing her own mother's head. Yes. Like, I still can't even believe that scene is in the movie. And like mm-hmm. Ellen's face is like covered in her own, in her daughter's blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's just Some of this stuff still is rattling. Like even today, which is, is so hard to do for a movie made, you know, in the seventies. Um, I'm curious what you think, Proto.
2: Um, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't say that the actual images to me feel like worse than other, like, maybe, like, gory movies that have come out. Because um, I think of something like, and maybe it's just me, but, like, the Saw movies are, like, way grosser to me. Mm. But maybe it's because this feels so grounded in reality and the way they build up to those moments is so well done that, like, once it happens you know like this whole time they're trying to like steer you or like um, you know ride the line of like well is this really a possession or is this just psychological and there's a long period where you're like okay I can kind of see and then it's it's not that but it still has like that grounded sense of like all right what is the explanation for this and then when it when those scenes come it kind of just like hits you
0: hits you pretty hard because of the work that was put in before yeah there's some scenes where either father like also Father Caris is like kind of not sure. like, how did she know about my mother? Um because for a little bit, like I wish they would have maybe removed the scene of the bed jumping up and down, like maybe only shoot <laughs> yeah. that from Chris McNeil's like on her face. like maybe you hear a bed shaking, yeah, because they even the doctors are like, this could be psychological, but you as a viewer, know that's not true because of what you've seen so far. Like I would almost like mm. want them to try to tease that out a little bit more and longer interesting any thoughts on the graphic uh, violence taunting from Regan? Danny? i I
1: think that's part of the things that keep me from wanting to ever really rewatch this i, I find it super off putting um and I mean it's 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 disgusting and it's like when i when those scenes happen, I always am like. Who thinks of this?
0: Like, what about the sludge vomit
1: scene? Yeah, the, the split pea soup. <laughs> like, like, you know, like that. I like that's disgusting. But I'm more like disgusted on like the things she says. Yeah, and the things she does to herself. It's like you wrote that into a script as a grown ass man.
0: Like, sure. what? What's going through your head? Listen, that- sometimes demons get wild. Wow. you know and they would try to try to get into your head yeah it's just it's just it's really
1: off-putting and like that would be like number one reason why i just don't enjoy watching this film like from like a rewatchable kind of perspective
0: mm-hmm.
2: maybe that's why because I, I feel like the the vomit stuff doesn't bother me because it just I, it like i don't buy it when i see it mm-hmm. like it I've never seen, I've just never seen any projectile vomit like that. So I just don't, like, I'm like, all right, this is just being like, you know, from a super soaker or something. Like, it's just like, it doesn't look real. If there's
0: one dated effect, it's the vomit stuff. Yeah. But I, I, one of
2: my notes was um, that the bed scene and like the vomit, it feels like something from a Muppet movie. (laughs) And then I thought. Oh my Yo, god! Why didn't they remake this with the Muppets, where oh everyone's a god. Muppet except for
1: the girl? Who? would Oh my gosh! That would be the live-action Regan. Would, yeah. Which and then one like, would
0: Kermit play? Which could be Father would Marin. Play? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my god, Kermit's drip in the sweatpants and that windbreaker jacket. Oh, I know that was Karis. Well, he still looked great either way.
1: You know, I think the one effect that makes me the most queasy when she's um. When she's levitating above the bed at the end, mm-hmm. and the one cut happens on her leg, like it slices oh, yeah. her leg. That's gross. That, that like makes me wanna vomit.
0: Yeah. That
1: like visually, it's really good. It's <laughs> disgusting though.
0: Proto, what's uh, the top of your list?
2: So, this is my second viewing. And I will say that I had a much better experience the second time with this. I think this movie really benefits from multiple viewings. Uh, however much like people might not want to watch it again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's I, I, like the way Friedkin told this story. There's so much like subtlety in this, especially with like the 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 supporting characters. I think between the priest, his story with his mother, um, the director, the the staff. Um Father Marin, who opens the movie but then disappears until the exorcism. Um, and I feel like there's like really amazing metaphors and like symbols with all of these different characters. And it, it feels like each time you watch it, you could like draw more out of it. And it it's a movie that is like so well paced to me that. Just knowing what's gonna happen it's almost I feel almost feel like it's better knowing what's gonna happen because then you can appreciate the pace and like the methodical approach that was taken to tell this story. And it's I don't know of like another horror. I think the only other horror movie that comes to mind is maybe like hereditary in terms of like pacing mm-hmm. that feels this uh affecting.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I rewatched um Invasion of the Body Snatchers banger. I think, like, two weeks ago, and that reminded me of that kind of 70s chill, slow build where it it definitely goes its own pace, but you can see, like, certain things starting to pop off a little bit. Yeah, I love this the slow build of this one. I love the weird intro of him, you know, excavating, and he has that, like, face-off with that statue. Pazuzu. Oh, my God, that stuff is gorgeous. There's so many gorgeous shots like that, but... I remember I was looking at my, because I also watched it in 2020, maybe for the first time in a long time. And I love the relationship between Father Karras and Father Dyer, those two. And I'm, I don't know if I watched Rope like right before this viewing, but I thought that there was also some like m- potential metaphors between those two characters um, mm. that was left like pretty unspoken and subtle. Like him, you know, being with him when Karras is like laying on his bed, he takes his shoes off. They have that like really short arm embrace before Mm -hmm. he leaves the room. Um, And then the main thing about the ending that's different in the director's cut that I wanted to point out was, you know, Chris McNeil gives the medallion to Father Dyer at the end. And he walks away with it in the theatrical. And then the movie kind of sort of ends as as he overlooks their house. And the director's cut, he gives the medallion back to her mm-hmm. and doesn't keep it. Um, and then he eventually meets up with the lieutenant Lee Cobb, and Cobb starts to strike up a friendship with him about potentially going to the movies. So, in my view, that like him giving the medallion back is also some kind of like potentially unspoken thing that like oh you know this could never be now between me and him. I don't know if any of that's true. I haven't read any theories mm. or whatever, but. But to Proto's point, yeah, there's a lot of of subtle stuff that you can definitely read into each time you watch it, which I love.
1: And I do, I think I have to agree with Proto as well. Being my second time watching this and knowing the stuff that happens, I found myself kind of like enjoying it more as a movie. I thought it was just really well, it's like a really well done movie. And I have like, this will just kind of lead into my next point because I, I I think this is like a, a great seventies horror movie that my biggest gripe coming out of this. My second time was I don't like, I don't like, um, the kind of ambiguous leave it up for us as to why Reagan is possessed. I don't really like that. We have to like, just accept that it's whatever reason we kind of want to make up because there's not really like good reasons. It really bugs me. Like, Oh, she was using the Ouija board and allowed this to come into her life. And then I was reading things that was like um, she was possessed because it was trying to get to Karis and what he was doing, like him like leaving his mother or whatever. I'm getting the priest mixed up, but like the, the, there's all these like ambiguous reasons on why she was possessed. But the whole movie is like about her exorcism. So I just wish there was like a definitive like she did this. Or this is was brought into the house they rented, or uh, she touched something. There was just I really wish it was like a definitive reason as to why she was possessed. And it bugged me more this time hmm. because I knew the whole story coming into it. And I guess I, I assume that I just forgot. but I really just did dislike that about this story, is that there's no real reason why she's possessed. Unless you guys know, and I don't know.
0: I mean, I'm okay with the Ouija board, personally. You never use a Ouija board in your own home, rental or otherwise. That's the first mistake.
1: First rule of Ouija
0: boarding. (laughs) First rule of Ouija boarding. And she broke it. I remember when I
2: first watched it, that was one of the lines in my review, is that um, I was like, well, what did the beginning of the movie, how did that connect? Because there was never a solid connection made between the Pazuzu statue and Regan. but this time watching it, I, so I have a theory. Guide me. Um, and I don't, when I thought of this or like when it was unfolding for me, I didn't really love it. But it it, it kind of makes sense to me that, um, uh, so there's the director, right, Burke, who she kills. Burke Dennings. Um, but there's, the, remember there's the scene uh, before that, they're having the party.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Burke, he sits down, he like comes back to the room and he sits down and then he makes this really weird comment that there's a pubic hair like in his drink or something. Excuse and then the, the, the I think it's Dyer who's like, I beg your pardon. Like, like <laughs> what, what is this about? So it's like a very weird line that's just like thrown in there. And then the night he dies because, you know, Regan or the ghost, kill uh, the, the, the uh, entity kills him. Um he was the one watching her and he goes into her room and is thrown out the window. Mm -hmm. So my thought is, did he, that first party, did he do something to her? And then remember, then she comes down the stairs and that's where she wets herself. So I'm wondering if there's some kind of message there that they're trying to communicate of like this, you know, this is a possession but does this represent, you know, sexual assault in some way? Or does it manifest because
0: of Burke Dennings? I've actually had this same thought and I've Googled it because other like there's Reddit threads asking like, did Burke do something in that room yeah. to bring on the demon to kill him? I don't know. I guess people go back to the book to say that that isn't spelled out in the book. Um, but i I have that had that same theory. Also he's a scum. He's he's just scum, Burke yeah. Dennings. Like I can't <laughs> well, believe that they would ever be like rumored to be into each other. He's so foul, Burke Dennings. The other
2: thing I like about that theory, though, is that he's like harassing the butler, calling him a mm-hmm. Nazi. Yeah. And if you do something vile like that, a technique is to make someone else close look like a scumbag, right? So if then Regan comes out and says, I was molested. Then Burke is like there's a nazi in your house. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, I think there's a lot of and even if that's not, you know, I, I think I think it's cool that it's it's vague enough that you could think that and I think that's maybe one reason why there isn't like a clear connection that she you know, there isn't a scene of her touching something and then being possessed.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Your Thank minds, you folks. I think I saw another theory on Reddit that I again, I have, we haven't read the book, we can't even read but there was a theory that Burke Dennings might have been in a cult, I think, also. So there might even be, oh. like, more of a concrete reasoning rumored that, like, Burke was allegedly involved in some kind of occult activities, which would lend credence to the, your theory, details or otherwise. Pizzagate. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What do I want to talk about? So... There has recently been a 4K restoration of this, and I did not watch the 4K version, but man, this looked awesome. It definitely looked cleaner than the last time I watched it. I watched this on Apple, whatever, Apple TV. Well, you didn't watch the 4K? I did not watch the 4K. We've been hanging out in one room of our house that is like an older 1080p Samsung, so we're just dealing with it right now. Um, but even then, I think this looks great in HD. Like, Mm -hmm. this is so clean. Like, you can even tell, like, the first 10 minutes of the scene where he's walking through the town, uh, where he's doing the archaeology stuff. Like, it's super clean. It looks great. Like, his elderly man, 40 year old makeup doesn't quite hold up in the restoration (laughs) per se. Very powdery. But I mean, this is just one of the most beautiful looking horror movies. And the scene that, um, when she's on the bed and she's on her knees and her head is back or forward and then you see the demon in front yes. of her with the black and white stuff, that is an insane shot. And if you, I'm not sure if people buy vinyl or whatever, but Waxwork Records, they did a vinyl of this and that is the cover of their vinyl. Mm-hmm. And they, I interviewed the guy for The Letterboxd Show and he said that they actually worked with Friedkin on producing the vinyl for that movie and Friedkin... Said that that was his second favorite image from the movie that they used for the vinyl. I mean, the the movie is gorgeous. That's just mainly that's my main second point. It's stunning to look at.
1: Mm. And no, I agree. I think some of my favorite shots are when um, towards the end when they're doing the final sort of exorcism, and you, the temperature is like whatever below freezing in there, and all the like the the oh, the smoke yeah. from their breath and you just feel cold the way it shot the colors the just the the atmosphere of that room it i've felt myself like cold and it's not cold in florida at all right now but it was just the way Whatever. it was like <laughs> the way it was making me feel just watching it uh it was incredible but the one also another random favorite shot is when one of the priests i can't remember his name now the the one that gets possessed at the end He's just kind of sitting at the bottom of the stairs. It's a great shot of him just like oh, hands Paris, in his head. Yeah. yeah. Just some really just some really like simple shots that just show that a lot of it was handled with care. Mm-hmm. And the point where the face comes out of her, like her face as well, like merges mm-hmm. with the Pozu, Pazuzu demon, kind of like blurs out to the right side of her face a bit. I love that
0: shot. That might've, I can't remember if that was the 4K or like- in the director's cut, they did add like a CGI demon shot somewhere, but I can't remember what specific scene Oh, that, that may have been it. But the, I watched the 4K,
1: and it, it really is gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I need to rewatch. That
1: green just pops when it comes out of her mouth.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> this LG OLED doesn't even know what's coming yeah. in this basement. Fire exorcist.
2: <laughs> One of the techniques I love that he uses in this is just like the really, really subtle uh, zoom in and zoom outs that are happening throughout the movie where it's almost like if you aren't looking at the corners, the end of the screen, you might not even notice it. Um, so it's not like, hey, we're zooming in for a dramatic effect, mm-hmm. but you almost like subconsciously can feel it like as it's as it's closing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like such a great effect. It, it just looks so good. It's so subtle. Um, so I love that in this. Yeah. Hmm. Perron, next on your list. Uh, another set piece that I loved was, I love the hallway or the the staircase going up to the room. Um, that part of the house is shot so much and it almost feels like as the movie goes on, the camera gets lower and lower into like the well around the, the railing until at the end, the camera's almost just like pointing up, you know, and you're just seeing the people walk around the railing. Um. And it's it's great because it it just does it just does so much, uh, and and one of the things it does is it, it just creates like you know whenever you see this you know that we're going into the bedroom right and it like mm-hmm. builds this anticipation and. Um, I almost feel like there's probably like a metaphor or like reason. I don't, I don't know what it is, but just like the way that is done with like every, that it's always in every shot of like, you know, she's calling them up. You have to come see her. If it's the doctors, if it's the
0: priests uh, and it it goes around that railing um, into the bedroom. I just, I love that part. I think I saw on Reddit, like they've them filming that shot of them going up the stairs because of the way the lighting is, they wanted to not get the cameraman in the shot because I don't think they had cam technology at this point. So they had like a cameraman on like a gurney that they were pulling up those, there was like a guy behind the cameraman and like pulling a rope to pull the cameraman in front of them running up the stairs. It's pretty wild to see Christ. for what they had to do in the 70s to get that shot successfully. Mm. Danny, final point?
1: And we've kind of covered most of the stuff I love. I think I think um, it's hard to like. It, this falls into like my love of of, of like seventies eighties horror. The practicality and the effects in this still really hold up well. When um, the backwards down the stairs is so iconic, and I always forget that blood pours out of her mouth at the end of the stairs. Oh. My God, what a shot! Not in a theatrical.
0: It's not in the theatrical? No, the spider walk scene is not in the theatrical version, believe it or not. What? Which is, which is funny because I feel like that scene has become so iconic that you assume that it was in the OG version because when I watched it a few years ago with James, I think, I guess, he, he saw that scene too young and <laughs> we must have been watching the director's <laughs> cut, but yeah, that wasn't in the OG version.
1: Oh, that's, that's wild. That's yeah. so iconic for this film. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time her head turns around... Is nuts. Oh my it still God. looks incredible, yeah. insane. Um, and one of the the bits in the uh, cursed films Linda was talking about, um, you know, the the scene where she first gets possessed and she's like, like being f- like flailed, mm-hmm. sitting in the bed, whatever rig they had her on, it fractured her spine, her, her like lower spine. Oh my God! And she thought they thought she was just acting. And she was literally screaming and crying in pain. And uh, that's the shot they use in the film. Which is insane to me. That's the other thing that why I said in my review that Freakins should be in jail. Jail. Uh, He purposefully told one of the stuntmen, when when she slaps the hell out of Ellen across the room, uh, he told her to yank her harder than you're supposed to. For that shot, and it, like injured Ellen, and that's the shot in the god, film too.
0: Jeez,
1: <laughs> absolute yes. psycho! Poor Ellen. That and like the stories of him like firing a gun off behind them just to get a scare out of them.
0: <laughs> like, what are we <laughs> doing, <Yeah>. William? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I haven't, I wish I had rewatched The Cursed. It's a great episode on Shudder for this movie, but I I forgot. There's
1: also a something I saw in Letterboxd. um. Another thing to watch is like another like hour something like a essay on this film. Mm. I need to fire that up too.
0: I mean, there's another the thing that freaking did. It was like some weird thing he filmed himself. It was like The Exorcist and the priest. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's. Any I didn't good. think
1: that'd get a lot of love.
0: No. Uh, my final note. I, I I I I mean, obviously, compared to The Exorcist, Believer, anything's gonna be like really amazing, but. <laughs> The way and the the depth that Father Caris had in this movie, I loved him as a character. You know, they really show the mirror image of of El, of Chris McNeil and the priest. Like you see Chris McNeil walking to the left uh, to her home, the you know this lush rental that they're living in, and then the first time you see Father Caris, he's walking the other direction, mm. you know, to visit his mother. So it's it's like pretty obvious. But I love that, you know, exploration of the priest who thinks he's lost his faith, but he's like the, what is he, he's like the psychiatrist at, at you know, Georgetown. Yeah. Um, I loved him just kind of like really just going, th- like both him and Chris McNeil were really going through it, like a real rough time. Like with his mother, his mother gets put in the home and dies like three days later after getting back home. Um. And Ellen, I mean, there's a few scenes where I just wrote down, like, Ellen is having a rough go of it right now. Like, she finds out that, like, obviously Regan's going through all this BS. And then she finds out, remember the the person comes home and tells, she's pissed about Burke leaving Regan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, Burke's dead. <laughs> broke his neck fell down the stairs <laughs> she just like puts out this like guttural yell like everything is just going so badly for her she needs therapy for years after this entire thing um, man yeah I just love those the deep character exploration which is not there for a movie like Exorcist Believer that's why it's just it you know you need a skilled hand to to do that stuff in a movie otherwise you get movies that are on digital three mm-hmm. weeks later yeah, I know we didn't really
1: go into, like, Ellen's character much, but she really goes through the ringer of trying to figure out what is wrong with her daughter. Like, that whole... final tap. Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole operating stuff that they were doing on her as well was insane to watch, too. But, like, the doctor's like, oh, have you heard about exorcism? <laughs> but, like, yeah. like, this is, like, the last resort, apparently, for them. But it's just... I, her, she does a really good job as well in this film.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ellen... She really, she blew me away. Queen. Um, Yeah, I almost, I'm looking forward to like a rewatch because I, I wonder if more about Karis will like come out on, a, on, a, on seeing it again because it feels like there's like so much there with that character. I really love the scene. Uh, it's like the last calm scene before the exorcism where they meet in the park and she's trying mm-hmm. to convince him. She's got those amazing sunglasses on. Oh, yeah. And they're sitting on that that park bench. And just the way she is, she's like just pleading with him. Like, I mean, it's hard to imagine being in that place. And maybe that's why, like, it's so believable, her performance, that, like, what would you do? Like, mm-hmm. if your kid is possessed, yeah. like, what are you going to do? Like, there's doc, you've gone to every doctor, they've got nothing. Um, And it doesn't really even say, I don't know if does i don't know if they even say if she's like catholic if she like believes at any point but you know she's at the end of her rope uh Mm.
0: yeah she's great in that scene you know her probably best role go ahead interstellar
1: oh you're right gosh should we go back (laughs) i'm gladly one of the things i found interesting on the shutter thing speaking of like the her having a religion People were talking about how, and I, I didn't—I didn't even realize watching this was when they, you know, this is like heavily, like in a religious kind of horror story, but like religion wins at the end, and how kind of rare that was for uh, like a horror story like this. Like the exorcism works, and uh, the demon. Is exercised from her into like uh, technically into someone else's body and it kills, he kills himself. But, um, it was just funny that I never really even thought about how they make religion out to have worked in this. Mm -hmm. Like they made the exorcism work and this could be a way that, uh, you exercise demons.
0: I mean, really, did it work? Right. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like he had to jump out that friggin' window.
1: Well, he like begged for it to possess yeah. him which is i which is why it, like leans to like it's what it wanted to do the whole time was attack him and he let it in him
0: i don't mm-hmm. know there's so much to that ending yeah the, the last ride scene is rough too mhm um proto final point
2: yeah that kind of leads into my last point is the the whole play between the the doctors and the priests you really see doctors try and fail, uh, you know, for the th- three quarters of this movie. Um, I love this scene where the the two doctors go to to the house after like there's the test, and she's like, "You have to come and help me." And they walk into the room, and she's just like bouncing uh up in the air and they're like uh and then when they walk out they're like she's like so what do you think and she and they're like well um yeah there's definitely there's a, a reason for it could be here <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: well i love the one doctor like that was my favorite line it's like they've tested everything they can't find anything they have no answers and this guy's like um uh alien intelligence is maybe a possibility <laughs> a spirit if you will like, dude, like seriously, like just be real, you know, in this moment. But I agree, Danny, it, it is wild and how like counter cultural, like this movie feels. And maybe yeah. in the seventies, this would like people in the theater, like pump their fist. Yeah. That's my priest. Um, <laughs> Catholicism does it again. <laughs> we did it, but not today. And like really to see them as yeah. Like the heroes in this, uh,
0: it does, it does feel unique in that way. Um, very retro,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You know what reminded me to the priests, um, or not the priests, the doctors trying to explain it. Remember the great scene in Altered States: their friend scientist trying to explain what he thinks he heard in that, you know, containment tank, and like explain what just happened in front of him. That was one of my favorite scenes in that movie. <laughs> Danny, honorable mentions, final rating. Um. Pff.
1: Captain Howdy. That's about, I mean, I think we've covered most of what I, I you know, I'm bumping my star up to four. Oh, okay. I uh, was at three and a half. I actually enjoyed it way more this time. I think I knew everything that kind of like turned me off to it. Uh, last time I knew was coming. So I wasn't, it wasn't like a shock to me. So I really enjoyed the filmmaking of this, this time. I thought the practical effects, at least in 4k looked incredible. Um. I don't know if I will sit down and watch this again on purpose. Maybe Mm -hmm. you guys will force me in the future to watch it one more time. Um, But I, 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 I did, I did like it. Uh, I think this, I think if you had given me a like really good, how Reagan got possessed, uh, I think I could easily
0: be at five stars for this. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's see. The, some of my honorable mentions, um, when Max found the city, I was talking to the guy who's running, I don't know if it was like the church in that area, but he says he needs to leave and like the clock stops in that mm. when they're talking to each other. I thought was pretty cool with the Ouija board. Mm. Have you done a Ouija board? Oh, slam. <laughs> Not
1: in that pause.
0: Recent not in the last ten or fifteen years. Okay. Not in this life. <laughs> <laughs> Just the next time I'll we'll do Ouija board when we're all doing a seance together oh with our significant others. And I guess we're never doing that. <laughs> Casey, how much would it take? <laughs> Put Casey on chat. the table. Casey has already typed in NO in chat. <laughs> how much would it take? What if I bring you like 20 books that you haven't read? <laughs> Hardcover books. <laughs> um, her thinking that it's rats up in the attic. Remember those weird noises she's hearing in the attic? Yeah. yeah. Holy moly. That ain't no rat, friend. Well, let's see. Oh, my God. When um, Regan is hypnotized and she's like growling and uh, Ellen is like almost throwing up. Yeah, what was her that reaction smell? to that? She's she like bad breath. <laughs> Kiss the ring. Yeah, remember when Father Karras talks to the, I don't know if that was the cardinal Mm -hmm. and they do like the kiss is the holy ring. Ugh, God, it's so weird. (laughs) does not, like the whole, the whole situation. Yeah, I love this movie. I think probably the one thing that actually drags for me on multiple viewings is the actual exorcism. Like when him and Max von Sydow are there, you know, the power of Christ compels you. I, some of it is kind of like boring, I guess I don't know how to explain it. it it's hmm. just this particular viewing; it doesn't like draw me in as much as the rest of the movie. So, I'm a four and a half stars for The Exorcist. Still love it. Love this movie. Love watching it. Excited to watch it again next year. Hmm. I didn't really feel
2: the drag um, with with like the exorcism. I found it really compelling. I think this time around. I mean, the scene, and I think that like the the amazing payoff of her beginning to levitate. Oh. And it's like both the priests are like they're like second it feels like in their face you can see them second guessing like am i mm-hmm. actually seeing this right now? <laughs> like they don't even believe it and it's in front of their eyes. Um amazing mm-hmm. moment. Um honorable mentions I love the scene the sign of the cross on her face when she's getting the x-ray. Oh, I didn't see I didn't, that. Yeah, there's like a light, and it's a perfect cross, Damn. like right on her it's forehead. Like a laser beam, the
1: mm. laser guidance.
2: Um, the the homeless guy asking Karis, um, he said, would you help an old altar boy? I'm a Catholic. And then
0: the demon repeats that line to him, and he's mm. like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I also love how he's guarded about that. He's, he asked her in the stoop, and he's like, did you ever tell your daughter about my mother? or you know did you share that she's like no why he's like um no, no reason <laughs> <laughs> never mind <laughs> um hello pretty
2: big reason <laughs> there's this the scene in the church with the the horns coming out of mary i think that's saint mary mm-hmm. that is such an odd thing to throw in there i think yeah. like i don't i don't i don't know like how that really fits i mean it's obviously shocking right but it's so weird because there's no connection or anything. It's just kind of like, hey, here's a shocking scene. Let's just throw this in here.
1: Mm-hmm. William, please.
2: <laughs> on my viewing, so I watched it on Max, and I thought that that you could see in the dark scenes that it the blacks were like really bleeding. Um, but I thought it looked great. <laughs> like <laughs> I thought it looked perfect for what it was. It just felt like old uh, mm. in the way that you love like a movie from the '70s to look. Um, I have this line written down. Oh, I think when I don't know if it's Karis or Marion, but he says, "If you are the person who's in her, like step forward or something." But I wrote down, "If you are the person who will grab my biscuit, step forward," because <laughs> he gets he gets <laughs> turned in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> The the Joker homage with the staircase. Oh, Lovely. <laughs> love a Joker homage. Obvious
0: homage.
2: Um, yeah, the power of Christ compels
0: you. They, little known fact, but that scene they say it a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I had a much better time watching it a second
2: time around. You know, one of my one of the things I go back to. You know when I'm trying to write a movie is if, if I directed this, mm-hmm. could I die happy knowing I directed this? And mm-hmm. I think, I think I would just be like, my life would be complete. I'd be content. Mm. So I'm at four stars for four the XR. I'm
0: bumping it up. The contentment alone. Um, the one other thing I've people listening are annoyed. We haven't mentioned Lee J Cobb that much, but I love his scenes. With Ellen, yeah. you know he's like a fan, and he's like starting to try to pry information. He's a great detective. Love him trying to get <laughs> some he, movies with Karis. <laughs> no, I detective. agree.
2: Yeah, that scene with with um, with Chris is so good because I think what he's trying to do there is like the longer you're with somebody, if they have a secret, they'll just spill it eventually. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like dragging it out as long as he can to try to get her to to just tell him
0: that his yeah her daughter's possessed. So good. Uh, he gets the autograph? was Really, for him, <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 that's funny.
0: <laughs> the Exorcist is the art up. I love the art. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, my god, yeah, wow, great art! Everyone's looking at it right now on their phones. Thank you, whatever the heck you listen on. Okay, it's in the books. Torment Tober is finished. We have a VM to get to. Oh, you can uh send us an email at 70mmpod at or a VM voice memo, whatever. The heck you have. Uh, it's been a while since I played one. I'm just make sure this works here. I'm going to fire it up.
2: Hey, what's up? Uh, this is Mark. I'm a tattooer from Portland. I've searched and enjoyed on Instagram. I'm so excited you guys are covering Interstellar. This has been one of my favorite movies since it came out. Movies are so transported. They could take us to so many states of mind and feelings. And uh, this movie is such a great example of that. Sci-fi in general, but this movie in general. Love the connection with McConaughey between Contact and this. Love the physical, visual representations they use to describe big ideas, like time and space. Um, But ultimately, my favorite part about this movie is the way that they capture the unyielding fact that humans will do anything to live and to love and to prosper into future generations and then never give up. Makes me proud to be a human being. Makes me feel like we're all part of this and we're all in this together. Love you guys. Thanks so much for an amazing show.
0: Can't wait to listen to it. Thank you. Listen, Slim, I did not forget. Honest, I did not honest, forget Slim. the date of this VM is Wednesday. That came. This came in. Okay, yeah. so everyone's wondering. Oh, does Slim, forget to play voicemail again. Eh, eh, eh. It went no. through a black hole first. I did. <laughs> and what better episode to have it play on than This Ellen is twice we brought it This episode. So. You know. Wow. Is
1: that time? It's,
0: uh, maybe it could Are we be going back. It could be. God, I love our ex- Oh, you know what? I wonder if. Oh. He saw The Exorcist because Spotify added those new things where you can pick an episode that you want at the top of your feed. And I did pick Interstellar. So that uh, could be a reason why Interstellar uh, might be the top there. Listen, personally, I think that's one of our best episodes, so I'm choosing that to promote to new listeners and, and lapsed. So there you go. Hmm. So, yeah, ultimately it's my fault. Uh, next week. Big one. Killers of the Flower Moon. Martin Scorsese. Can't wait to watch this again. He's back. He's on Letterboxd as of today, as of recording. Boy's did he bad. hit 170,000? Is he the new number one? Let's see. He's got to be the new number one.
1: Can anyone confirm? The polls are closing. Martin what's his numbers at?
0: Says Z. Z. didn't even spell his name right. Jeez. 176. I think that means he did it. He's the new, most followed person on Letterboxd.
1: In one day?
0: In one day. Wow. Um, what would be
1: his first review?
0: <laughs> Maybe he never writes reviews. I think, you know, I, f- I feel like more filmmakers should use lists, you know, mm. compare that to some of their work or movies they want to talk about. Maybe you don't feel like beholden to need to give a heart or a star rating. Do a list like Marty did. Say what the movie means to you in that way and how it connects to uh, your work or otherwise. So it, for those folks that don't know, Martin, Martin, Scorsese joined Letterboxd today and it was pretty rad. I was super rad. I could have been his first follower, but we were all playing pretty low key. We didn't want to give up Mm -hmm. any, you know, hints, give up the ghost. Try to play it cool. Try and play it cool. You don't
2: have to prove anything.
1: (laughs) No, he's just another man like we are. Yeah. Just another guy. If
0: you're listening right now, you don't have to prove anything to anyone in your entire life. Okay. There's one thing you need to learn about yourself. Mm. Ever. Except Danny's rating for Killers of Flies.
2: Prove it. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be digging <laughs> into that next week. Uh, Perno, any closing thoughts this week? Yeah, you know, I would, reading your Believer review, um, David Gordon Green, if you're out there and listening, I know it's hard to come up with movie ideas, but I think I have a good one for you. You know, Exorcist, listen, Catholicism, big in the 70s. All you gotta do and you can, you can talk to me. I can be your consultant. Mm. What we need is we need an evangelical pastor. He has a church, built it from the ground up, 15 years, gets his own building. It's financed. He's got a son. This mm. kid's a troublemaker. Mm. There might be something wrong with him. His wife thinks it's demonic, but he doesn't believe it. He doesn't think his son who's grew up in his church raised in his home has a demon. Mm. But he's going to have to come to grips with this reality. Mm. David, call me, please. We can talk.
0: <laughs> Prado playing the father and the son. And is, this is a potential de-aging happening. We'll see everybody next week, the first movie of November, The Killer Killers Killer of the Flower Moon. Can you get Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas Spiritual Guidance and Viger the robot who loves movies provided by Pertalexis Producer at large Dale underscore A and music composed by Cinematric Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me Slim Support our Patreon For access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm Vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount Using the links on 70 mmpodcom Goodbye. This 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 is a Tape
2: Deck Podcast.